Welcome to Shas Illuminated. Please enjoy the following shear. Couples were buried there, or the Mechava, Avram Sarah, Mishra, Yaakov Leah, or because it had a bias for Aliyah, it had two floors. So it's Machpelah because it had two floors. Bias for Aliyah al-Gabav, Rashi says, it had a, a bias and then it had an attic on top. Why is it important that the others be buried in the Ma'ara that's Machpelah? And it must be important, because you don't name something after a feature that's not important. So it must be significant that it's a ma'arat ha-makfeila, that it's a bias va'aliyah. There must be something meaningful about that. Why is it necessary? Why is it appropriate to bury the others in a ma'arat that's makfeila? We know that the smichas ha-parshi is between the akeda and Parshish Chayesari, the Chazal say that when Sarah Yimenu heard Shmuat HaAkedah, when she heard about the Akedah, she was Parshah Nishmasa, her Nishama went up, that she was Nisterah. And I'm not Makabal that Sarah Yimenu was so weak of heart, was so devoid of Gamuna and Bitafen and Simcha and closer to Akedah that when she heard that maybe, maybe her son would have gone to the Akedah, she was so frightened that she died. I'm not Makabala. People hear worse news today and survive. And Sarah Imenu was probably, if we took all the Amuna and Bitafan in this room and put it together into one person, and then we took all the Amuna and Bitafan and all the Bati Midrashas around the world, we probably wouldn't hit Sarah Imenu's ankles in the Amuna and Bitafan. I think I'd say it's just that. So Ms. Samachi was able to hear with a certain Manucha about the events of the Akhazah. Especially because it ended with such unbelievable bracha. The Chosa Akeda still stands for us. The Akeda was great news. I always had a sense that it was more that then she was able to die. And until the Akeda, Sarah couldn't leave. She was held here until the Akeda, and I want to explain why. Somebody reminded me that Shabbos of a medrash that I think is in the Balaturim in the beginning of Parshish Vayera says that when Avram Avinu was entertaining the three Malachim that he went to get them some meat so the El Habakar Ras Avram Avram Avinu ran to the cattle so Habakar I think it's the Balaturim Habakar is Oisius Hakever same Oisius 
They say that the Vata ran away from Avram and Avram was chasing after it. The elderly injured Avram Avinu. He was chasing after it. He chased it and chased it until he got to the Maris HaMasvela. He smelled Ganei then it says but he found the Maris HaMasvela through this Vata. He found the Maris HaMasvela and he saw Adam and Adam and there is there and he decided he was in his Agra and he decided this is the place for him. So there seems to be a Kesher between Avramovina's recovery from his Brit Mila when the three Marathon came to visit with the Marathon Aspela and the Arcade with the Marathon Aspela. Let's understand what that could be. Once we understand that, then we can start opening up the secrets of the Marathon Aspela. Adam Marishim was created out of Afar. Because Sparkle took Afar min Adama, he took dirt from the ground. It's funny, everywhere we translate Afar is dirt. But the, I think it probably doesn't even come from Jewish sources. When we talk about Afar after the Afar Tasher, we want it a little finicky for us, it's a little sensitive for us, we call it dust. We change it to dust. It's not dust, it's dirt. Adam Marishim was formed from dirt. And so this ruffle blew in his shama into him, and he became a, a he became an adam. Ruach Namalala. Let me ask you a question. I don't know if you've ever thought of this question, but when Adam was created, did he know that he was created from Alpha? Did he look at himself and say, Imagine the first time he's born and he gets up and he this is interesting. Did he say, Oh, Alpha? Did he do that? I think the answer is probably yes. I think Adam Arisha was an extremely smart man. He was Kareh Shameless. He named everything in the Bria. was named by Adam Arisha. I think probably he was able to see what each thing was made out of. And probably when he did this, he said, Ruchni is Gashmi is Afar, Neshama. He probably got it. So if that's true, safe, safe to say. So if that's true, and Adam Marish ate from the Eitz Hadat, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to him, he says to Adam, Offer Atta! You are Offer! He will offer Tasha, that's the Offer you will return. Well, Adam Marish didn't know he was Offer. He had to tell him, Offer Atta, you are Offer, the El Offer. He knew he was Offer. It would have been much easier just to say, El Offer Tasha. Anyway, Avram will tell him, if it says Tasha, obviously that's where he came from. Right? So even if he didn't know that he was offered, all he needed to know is they'll offer Tasha, and then you know that's where he came from. What's the shot offer after they'll offer Tasha? What's, what's going on here? The meaning of offer after they'll offer Tasha comes from a Pasuk in the end of Tarshish Voracious. Ayyemer Hashem, when Hashem saw that humanity was becoming corrupt in the days before the Mabel, Ayyemer Hashem, and Hashem said, ruchi My Ruach will not stay in man forever. Because he is we're not going to get into this translating Bishagam right now. But Bishagam Hubasa, because he is flesh. 
So my Ruach won't stay in man because he is flesh. So how you yam of me of Eshem Shana, Hashem said a day to the Mabba. Dr. Ramban. Ramban says that a person, as we know, is composed of a, of, of a, of a guf and a neshama. And it's a, it's a um, blending together, bringing together this guf and neshama that forms what we are. Because Baruch Hu says, if you inflate and increase and thicken the buster, the guf part, the neshama part is not going to feel so at home. My ruach is not going to stay forever in man. Because he's become flesh. He knew that he was flesh. But when, a, when Adam feeds and, and focuses and is drawn to, to, to Gashmir, he chases his neshama out. And that's what Hashem told Adam. Adam was created from a guf and a neshama. But the neshama infused the guf with such kedusha that he would have never died. We're so close to Hashem, we're so, so bonded with, with the Rukhmi Yusika energy that Adam would have, as we know, Adam would have lived forever. When Adam did the chayt, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so he stepped away from his neshama. So he focused on his guf, the Eitzadat, who Nechmad Lamare was delicious and beautiful, and he focused on, the, on his guf. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, oh, he just became Afar. Offer Asa. You just increase, you thicken, you, 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 you develop the offer in you. And therefore, the, the relationship between the Gulf and the Nisham is not so good anymore. Offer Asa, it was a new, it was new. He knew that historically, a couple of hours ago, he was created from Offer. He knew that. But that Offer had been transformed into something witnesses. Do you know that when Adam was created, he was on such a high level, that the Malachim looked at him and started saying, Shirei Kishish Bachet, they thought he was Hashem. They thought he was Hashem. Whatever food Malachim eats, as I'll tell us, was too physical for Adam. That's how spiritual it was. They had to purify, the Malachim had to purify their wine to feed it to Adam. And they had to, they had to purify their meat. It was so my butter. They purified their meat to feed it to Adam. Adam was on such a magnificent level. But then when he ate from the Eishadah, he thickened the guf, Offer after he became offer, then the shaman steps away. You can't live forever anymore. Offer after the offer tashuv. The klal yisrael, beginning with Avram and Sarah, restored that madrega of Adam. Now it's true that we die. We don't live forever like Adam. But the truth is that we don't die. There's such a thing called Chiyas HaMesim. And in the sense that every single year it's come with Chiyas HaMesim, Yisrael is like Adam Kaidem Achesh. Just like Adam lives forever, we also live forever. I was once at a Hakamas Maseva in Eretz Yisrael many years ago of a relative, of a great uncle of mine. And one of his granddaughters walked over to me, I don't know why, and she tells me in a verse, she says, Cemetery. It's such a heavy word. Cemetery. That's an Israeli word. Cemetery. It sounds so dead. 
So I answered her, I said, we, when I meant we, I meant we, don't call it a cemetery. We call it a Beis HaChayim. We call a cemetery a Beis HaChayim. Not like some people think that it's a Russian Sadi no, sometimes we call things by their opposite. We call it a Beis HaChayim because it's the truth. When Yidin are in a cemetery, they're just sleeping there. Well known, the famous story with Rebbe with the rent and the... I think, I think it might have been. The famous story that there was a... a, a, a Russia, a year that was a Russia, that the Chavar Kadisha didn't want to bury him in the, in the Yiddish cemetery. So... He started to bring uh, legal action, so they said that he could, he could, he could be buried there if the average never is, let's say, $10,000. If he pays a few hundred thousand dollars, he could be buried there. So he went to court, and he took, I think it was Rebekah I don't remember. He took one of the great Goenim to court, that there's not fierce discrimination. Everybody else, they charge $10,000, and him they're charging a few hundred thousand dollars. So this, this Goyen said, he said, it's 100% legal, what I'm doing. Yidin are come with their and they're not buying flocks, they're renting them. A rental is $10,000. But this guy is such a Russia that he's never getting up a chair from Mason. He's going to be there for a long time. Of course, the price is low. But that's probably so. It's a base hachayim. It's a place of life. The process of restoring the neshama to the good, of making us who we are today, that our good and neshama are close enough and even though, yeah, for a couple of years they may separate when, when a year dies, but ultimately they come back together with Seyach HaNation and they'll and we will live forever, that process started with Avram Avinu. And it went in two stages. The first stage was when he cut off his own Arla and he gave himself a bris mila, which we know represents separating himself from the physical world and embracing Ruchniyah. And the second step of him infusing himself and, and all of us for all generations with Rukhmiyan came when he was prepared to do something that was even more than giving up his own good. And that was the Akeda, which the Maral calls the greatest mitzvah of, 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 of giving up, of giving up from the physical world. Those two Incidents in Avraham Avinu's life, each of them took Kralitol a step further into becoming infused with Ruchnir. By the time the second one happened, by the time the Akeda happened, we were ready that a Yid could die and come get up with Kiyosamation. We were ready for that. So Kivan Sheshama, when Sarah heard Shmuata Akeda, when, when Sarah heard about the Akeda, do you know what happened by the Akeda? Yitzchak did die by the Akedah, the Kikadur Beloved says. He died, his neshama came out, and the neshama of Kiyosamesim came back inside of him, and he got up. And it says that Yitzchak stood up, and he said, Baruch Atah Hashem Mechayah HaMesim. He made the bracha of Mechayah HaMesim. We know the Sparim tell us that the first three brachas of Shemayna Esrei are connected to three others, and Mechayah HaMesim is connected to Yitzchak. Yitzchak was the first one to say the bracha of Mechayim Eitzim. He experienced it. So Tchiyas HaMeitzim, the, the, the fact that a Yid is Lanessa, that a Yid lives Lanessa of Nesachim, that Yidin don't die, 
That Yisrael was established firmly when Sarah heard the Akedah, okay, now she could afford to die. She couldn't die before Father Joe had that Kenyan. Even Shashama, Shmuasa Akedah, so Parchanishmasa. The Ma'orat HaMachbela is the place that represents Yidin going to sleep or getting up with Sia Shanaisen. Because it's the first place that those who got up with Sia Shanaisen were buried. That's why it was Machpelah. That's why it was doubled. Because we have, we have an existence in this world, but we have existence in the next world. We have a guf, but we also have a neshama. We're a fusion between a guf and a neshama, a bias and an aliyah. And because the Ma'ara is represents the fact that Yidin have, have we're not just, just Gashmi, that, that after 90 years or 100 years and we leave the world, we're finished. We have an equal chaylet lichni that fuses together with our gashmir that ensures that we will live forever. So that machpelah, that double, that's the place where the others are buried. So when Avramavini started the process of embracing lichnir by giving himself a bris milah, the al habrasa rosh avram, the animal ran to the ma'arasa machpelah to show him the appropriate place for someone like him pulling together, Guth and Neshama together, the appropriate place for someone like him to be buried, and he was Nitzavah to be buried there. He had a Taiva to be buried there. The Ma'arat HaMachfeila changed hands from dead people to live people. That's why it says, by Yotam HaMa'arat, the Ma'arat got up, it stood up. Tkuma HaYitzil Rashi says. It was, a, it was a new existence for the Ma'arat HaMachfeila. Went to Yad Hediyat, Yad Melech. Because the Ma'arat HaMachfeil used to be owned by the, by the Bnei Chais. It used to be owned by the Bnei Chais, by the, by, by they and the Donashankas to, to Mishkir. And when Avram Avinu took control over it, he was raising it up from the upper. Who did Avram buy the Ma'arat HaMachfeil from? From Ephraim, upper. He raised it, he took it away from upper, he took it away from Ephraim. Tuma HaYitzhulah became a place of Kiyas HaMason for Kral Yisrael. This whole discussion in the beginning of Pasuk Torah, where Ephraim says, take it for free, take it for free. I I'm not taking it for free. What's going on there? Because we know that when someone is dependent on other people, it's a shikol death. It's a shikol, it's a lack of fear. It's something that's high, it's something that's autonomous, it's able to, to support itself. And something that's dependent on others, it's a little bit less high. Ephraim, the Ashur, wanted to give it the Matana. So he's missing a little fear. Now, Brahmakinu says, no, Sayne Matana is Yichye. This Ma'arat HaMachfeil is all about life. Chazal contrasts, Chazal compares Avram and Ephraim. Avram, it says that when the Malachim came, it says, Omar Ma'at. Omar Ma'at I say Harbe. Avram was Omar Ma'at. Avram said a little bit, and he did so much. Ephraim said so much. Omar Harbe, he said so much. Because I say, He didn't even did give it for free. So generous, but then when he was asked to give a price, he gave a massively overpriced amount of money. 
He didn't even do a little. That's also about life. Someone who's alive, just with a little hysteria, he moves a long way. He so levers it. Amar Ma'at, he says a little bit, but also Harbe, he's levitating, he's involved, he's moving. Someone who's dead, someone who's slow, he's sick, he's settled. So he talks, he talks, he talks, he talks, he's a great, a very good direction, but he can't get himself moving. That's upper, that's Ephraim. Avram is Omar Ma'at, the Osa Harbe, Ephraim is Omar Harbe, Basilu Ma'at, the Osa can't move. Pasha's voracious, I spoke in Shul, and I announced to the Shul that when they make confidence for their children, they should not invite Rav Hamnuna. That Rav Hamnuna would not be a good person to invite for their children's confidence. And I explained, and we went through this, my share, we've gone through this before, I explained that the Gemara says in the Flamid Aleph and Brothers that Rav Hamnuna was invited to a concert and they asked him to compose a song. So the song that Rav Hamnuna composed, the band, the beat, the music, the trumpet, the violin, Rav Hamnuna gets up and they're ready for this concert. Imagine composing a song for a concert. Rav Hamnuna got up and he sang, Vailon de Nisnan, Vailon de Nisnan, woe unto us that we will die. So I told the Shul that I'm not sure if they're hiring entertainment for their son's Kasana, I can think of other places to go. I'm not sure if that's the particular entertainment that they want. And the author asked Sir Rav Hamnuna, what is he trying to do? By Kral Yisrael, when it's a happy time, we're happy. And when it's a sad time, we're sad. And the Alta says that Hamuna made them happy. It was all about the Simcha of Chasana. Because he said by getting them to focus on the fact that life is a matana from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, by getting them to focus on the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu puts us into this world for a certain amount of time, he was telling them to live every minute of every day, to truly be alive, to be full of fear. Rebbe wrote a poem once on, on Purim. He wrote a song, and he, I think he used to sing it every Purim. I'm not, I, I wasn't there. But one of the one of the lines in the song was "Zolzayin Azay Rebbezik Unzer Yeder Menut" of the Yiddish song. It should be so alive our every minute, as even Zolir to Schneiden, that if we would cut the minute. So rinin from your blood, it would run from its blood. Every minute should be so shaking, so alive, so real, so full of levitate. Well, if we're alive, we should be alive. That's why you throw that we are shy to 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 and we have shy to to being levitate and being close to Hashem. So every minute should be so alive. Should, the minute should be shaking. 
with life. That's how we should live. I have to be honest. I look around here sometimes. I feel like people all fell Too quiet there. You know, there was one time on Shabbos. I used to dive in the on Shabbos a long time ago. And there was one time that there was an offer up here on Shabbos. If there's anybody here that was there at that time, please speak it to yourself. There was an offer. A guy from the yeshiva took a bag of candy, went up to the Ezra's Nushin, middle of laning, and poured from there the entire bag of candy onto the chasm. I was horrified. I went over to the yeshiva at the davening, to get this guy out of the yeshiva. It was crazy. In the middle of davening, there's about a thousand people here. In the middle of davening, he goes into the Ezra's Nushin, marches into the Ezra's Nushin with a bucket of candy and pours it onto the chasm. What, what are we running over here? What kind of show are we running over here? I missed that guy. We're falling asleep. We all have our pacifiers. Which I was looking around this morning. Everyone's sucking their pacifiers. Huddled into our spots. We're afraid to move. And we're falling asleep. We're not alive. Ask my share. You guys all turned around. When Sylvia Levin threw a chair last week, I asked him to throw the chair. I, I admit it. Is that right? It's too quiet in here. Call you all are alive. We're alive. And we're getting caught. We're getting caught in the cycle. We get up. We make our way over to Yeshiva. We don't. So this and that. Guys in my chair will get some obnoxious text messages. They start getting themselves together. Make their way over to Yeshiva. We come with our coffee and our pacifier. We sit down. We huddle in. Hunker down. We learn a little, we talk a little, we learn a little more, sit, pacifier, and we're just like, we're in this mold. And I'm also like this. I'm sitting here in front of my sender. This is where I speak every week. This is what I do. It's time for us to break out of our mold. It's time for us to ask ourselves what we really, I have to walk away from the sender. And start thinking about things differently and, and having a different perspective and, 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 and being able to look at things from a different angle. I can't, I can't keep running my life every day just doing the thing that I do. I come in from the back, I get out my sheet if I have one, or I don't, those guys in my chair. I sit down, I get up, I walk out again, I come back in, go to the rest of the sheet, I sit back down, I start learning with someone, I get pulled away. I, get I know, I have my, my, my things that I do. I go, I have my Seder, I go, I'm falling asleep. I'm in my company. We're all falling asleep. And that's not what we're doing here. We have tremendous, tremendous potential here. When Seder is empty, second Seder, when it's not full, I would want to hear, this is what I want to hear. I want to to come in here and I start feeling this ulcer in my stomach and I see the stone's not here. So I want someone to come over and tell me, you know where the guys are? They're skiing. They're, they're playing ball. They're, they're bungee jumping. They're doing something. I can handle that. They're talk about developing a smother in the yeshiva. I can't stand that I come here and the other not here and then it's nowhere. Everyone's sleeping. Sleeping. Sleeping figuratively, literally. It doesn't make a difference. 
you know, the, the Mishabru and the Mishabru are concerned. He says, the Aisha is He also is on me. Someone who's sitting and doing nothing. It's like he's sleeping. And it really is. He's sleeping. We have to attack life. We have to be alive. We have to be willing to do something different. To throw a tear sometimes. We have a goal to finish the Mishabru, I can say. There's not a single person here that can't finish the Mesefta. And if you didn't start it yet, you can still finish the Mesefta. The crazy things have been done. Are you ready to do crazy things? Are you ready to do something different? Are you ready to break the cycle? Are you ready to put the pacifier away? Are you ready to get up and, and embrace life and do things differently? I know someone who uses a different scissor every month. He doesn't want to get used to the avenue. So every month, he's going to buy himself another scissor. I respect that. He's trying to stay alive. It's very hard to stay alive. And that's what we have to do. Let's start right now. Second favorite time, don't get along so well with your Harusa. A bunch of friendly guys. Don't get along so well with Don't agree with your ready so easily. Don't let him get along with the shots of your own life. And don't teach yourself. Don't teach yourself that you can't learn. Don't teach yourself that you can do a few minutes of a stage race. You know what's going to happen one day. You can go out there and you're going to have to work. And especially at some point, the time you're going you're going to have to work. But some people become so dysfunctional that they have to unable to work and they just remain not working. But most of you are going to be able to go out to the work and you're going to start accomplishing. You're going to accomplish something in the morning, you're going to have you're going to come home, you're going to be busy, you're going to have kids and a wife and this. And that's going to be running another business on the side, right? You're running another business on the side and you're going to have this. Okay, you're going to have a property that you're going to be busy. It's amazing. I'm doing more in a day than in a month in Yeshiva. But now you're here, and I want to tell you something. I told you to two buckets today. Now you're here, and now I'm telling you to you right now, whatever age you are, this day, in the middle of November, in 2011, I'm telling you that there's going to come a time in 20 years that you're going to think back to me walking away from the Senate. And you're going to remember the truth. And there's going to be two choices. Either you're going to say, thank goodness I woke up that day, or you're going to say, why didn't I wake up that day? And right now, you can do what you would answer yourself in 20 years from now. Shut up. Listening to a shear from shasilluminated.org. For other shearim on many topics, or to hear an eon shear on any dafin shas, including myrmakimus on each shear, please visit www.shasilluminated.org. To order CDs or for more information, please call 203-312-SHAS. That's 203-312-7427, or email info at shasilluminated.org.